Welcome to the podcast, Life to the Fool, with Nancy Campbell, founder and publisher of Above Rubies. Where we learn to forgive in that home. Hello, ladies. Today, I have Michelle Shrum with me again. Hey, Michelle, wasn't it such a great prayer meeting last night? Oh my goodness, it was so wonderful. Even my 11-year-old, almost 11-year-old, was commenting on it and just loving, loving the prayer meeting. I know, isn't it great when children love prayer meetings and he was praying, my, he was praying up a storm, wasn't he? He he was and he had to jump in, you know, he wasn't, there wasn't any any break so he had to jump right in I was so proud of him (laughs) I know yes and uh, we were just really praying on the issues of what is happening in this nation and we were so concerned to hear of this um, break-in in President Trump's um, private home. I mean, it's so unbelievable what is happening in our country that would only happen in a country that's a dictatorship. I mean, oh my, we as God's people do need to be praying, don't we? And uh, it's so blessed to be part of um, prayer meetings where we were crying out to God for the nation. So we are believing God is going to do great things. Anyway, here we are again today to uh, continue speaking about the four L's. Um, Michelle and her husband, Randy, they raise their children according to uh, four words that start with L. Last week, we talked about um, loving God and, and how to just woo our children to love God with all their hearts. And today, it's another L. What is it, Michelle? It is the love of learning. Oh, wow. That is so great, isn't it? So we'll chat about that together today because I think this is very important uh, to remember in the educating about children that it's not just uh, trying to teach them and get them through all their um, curriculum lessons. It's giving them a love for learning because learning is for life. It's, um, that's what I believe about education. It's not a certain number of years where people go to school and then college and that's it. No, it, it's learning every day of our lives. And, and if we can put that passion in our children, well, that's so great, isn't it? Oh, it is so good. And just that love for learning for life. I love that. And just reminds me of like going to the grocery store when the grocery store clerk asks my younger children what grade they're in. They just like look at me with that blank homeschool look like grade. And I'm like, oh, man, (laughs) just tell them, just tell them that see, I think fourth grade, fourth grade's good. (laughs) Because it is, it's not about a number. It's not about even the curriculum. It's, um, it's about the love of learning and being able to learn. Yes, and a child that loves to learn can learn their whole life. Yes, absolutely. And knowledge is important. Important. I love that scripture in Proverbs 
19 verse 2, where it says that the soul be without knowledge. It is not good. God wants us to pursue knowledge because he is the author of all knowledge. In fact, in Colossians, it says all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge are hidden in him. Oh, the greatest knowledge that we will ever have is the knowledge of God. And of course, we are to pursue um, all different avenues of knowledge. And, um, but I do believe that we always need to keep in mind that the greatest knowledge is the knowledge of God. And uh, to teach our children who God is and to know him. Oh, I, I think that's the greatest thing that they can, can ever do. In fact, one time when our children were growing, I, um, I got this idea as, as I was reading the word each day, I would look out for the different names of God. God has so many different names. Not one name can describe him, for he actually surpasses all the names that are given to him. And as I would write each one down, the name, then as I came across another scripture, I'd write that scripture under that name. I'd have at the heading the name of God. Okay, perhaps it's Jehovah Jireh the Lord our provider, or maybe the Lord God of hosts, which means the Lord of the armies of heaven. And that name occurs many, many times in the word of God. Or God who is our shepherd. I mean, this, it goes on and on. So I had um, at the top of the page one of the names of God as I find it in the word. And there's keep reading, you know, from day to day. I'd find new scriptures and put it under that until... I had this whole book of all the scriptures uh, revealing the names of God. And so I could take them and use them in our, our family devotion time and, and read these scriptures to our children so they could just, you know, get to know God in this attribute. And, and I think that's a very important thing to that our children begin to know God, to know him in all his different attributes. And, you know, I think many people today, because they haven't pursued the knowledge of God, and by the way, have you ever read that book by A.W. Tozer, The Knowledge of the Holy? Oh, have you read it, Michelle? You know, um, my older daughters have read that book. Mm. I have not read it, but I've heard their um, description of the book, and it sounds okay. amazing. I would encourage everyone to get a hold of that book. And you can just get it off Amazon very cheaply. And um, anything by Toza is so profound. But this book, oh, it, you... You're just in awe as you read the different attributes of God. It's just so wonderful. And if our children grow up not knowing the attributes of 
God, how will they know him? They, they will end up uh, creating a God of their own imagination. And I think that's what many people do today. I mean, I believe many people in the church, they go to church, they sing hymns, and, and they go to worship God. But who are they worshipping? Are they worshipping the God of the Bible or a God that they have put in their own little box who fits in uh, their little lifestyle? Mm -hmm. Like I remember one guy saying to me, we were talking about children. He said, well, you know, we could only afford three children. We weren't able to have any more. And I, I said to him, well, is the God that you believe in, is he a God that can only provide for three children? <laughs> now, that's an interesting question because most people in the church today only believe God can provide for even only two children. Mm. That's the God they have put in their little box, this little wee God. But no, our God is great. Our God owns the cattle on a thousand hills. Our God has promised to provide for every child that he gives. Our God is a big God, and he is the God of provision, even when we can see no provision. And, and so we have got to begin to know who our God is. And we can take our children through all their lessons, but if they come out of our homes and they don't know God, mm. what have we been doing? Absolutely. And that's why last week, number one was to love the Lord. Yes. Um, but listen to this, Proverbs eighteen fifteen: an intelligent yeah. heart acquires knowledge and the ear of the wise seeks knowledge. Yeah. So as we teach our children to love the Lord and as we teach them to love learning, they're going to be digging in and digging out who God is Yes, as we teach them and, and train them. And we can cultivate and develop a love for learning. Absolutely. And uh, going back to last week, at the end of last week, we, we were talking about how important it is to teach our children how to hear. A unless we teach them how to listen, they won't even learn how to obey. But I also believe unless we teach them the art of listening, they really won't learn all that God wants them to know. I think one of the greatest ways of learning is listening. Listening with the ear and listening with the heart. So we can listen uh, to verbal uh, instruction and to even written instruction. We're listening with the ear and with the heart. And it's so important. I find um, it, it, listening is a very powerful thing, and it's something we really have to cultivate. Um, even in our, you know, daily morning and evening family devotions that we have in our home, and our husband reads the word to us, and I, because I want to listen with all my heart, I start off listening, but you know, I have to confess, there are times when I will even get into a bit of a dream. Yeah. Oh, and I get sort of, you know, way off on something. And, and my husband will ask a question. And 
I'll have to say, oh, darling, can, um, can you read that again? Please say that again. Yeah. And he said, have you been dreaming? And if I can do that, when, when I have such a heart to listen, what about our children? Mm-hmm. They can easily get into a dream. And uh, so we have learned along the way, my husband and I, that, you know, it's, it's important not just to read the word to our children. We have got to do it in a way that keeps their ears attentive so that they are, you know, not getting into a dream, that they are being interactive and and they're keeping them on their toes. And so um, my husband will do lots of different things. Sometimes he will be reading and he'll read the wrong word, totally opposite to what (laughs) the Bible says. And if nobody even interrupts or says something, he knows we're not listening. Um, what did I read just then? And he will read it again with the wrong word. And Oh, we'll pick it up. No, that's not what the Bible says. It's this word. Uh, but you see, doing that, it keeps us listening. And, and actually, it's great too. And we'll, then he'll get us all to say the right word out loud. And it gets it into our very being. And uh, then he'll stop. He'll ask questions. What does this word mean? What do you think? God is saying in this verse he'll start a verse and he'll stop who can finish it for me and hopefully we can finish the scripture and so we're keeping on our toes um, in the daily light on the daily path I didn't write that that's a most wonderful book of compilation of scriptures for every morning and every evening for the whole of the year, um, put together by the Bagster family over 150 years ago. And uh, these scriptures are the same in every daily light. But I, I produced a copy which has ideas for parents at the beginning of each chapter. So it can help you to keep it exciting for your children and teach them the art of listening. Mm. Can I take you ladies to a couple of scriptures here? Mark chapter 4. And Jesus said, if any man have ears to hear, let him hear. Just because we have ears doesn't mean to say we're hearing. And he said unto them, Take heed what ye hear. With what measure ye meet, it shall be measured to you. And unto you that hear shall more be given. For he that hath, to him shall be given. And he that hath not, from him shall be taken away even that which he hath. Those are powerful words coming from the mouth of Jesus. And it's the opposite to how we would think, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. And, yes. You know, as we're teaching our children to hear and to listen, you know, you touched on um, Colin, like stopping and putting in a wrong word and getting people involved, you know, getting the children and um, others around you involved. I think that's such a key to teach them to learn mm-hmm. um, that we should, instead of lecturing our children, that we should have discussions with our children yes. and then we can um, get them involved. They're part of the conversation. They're thinking yes. for themselves and they're, I allow my children to um, not interrupt, but politely interrupt, I would say, raise your hand or, um, yes. 
if they have a question or right. comment that has to do with whatever we're learning mm-hmm. or we're reading about, um, which is great. Um, yes. And then also Benjamin Franklin once said, tell me and I forget. Teach me and I remember. Involve me and I learn. Amen. So getting our children involved, letting them ask the questions, having those discussions um, is is like to me, that's like the brain, the brain being hands on. Amen. That is powerful. I love that quote, Michelle. Um, well, I think it's just what you do. Um, you know, spend time discussing with your children rather than lecturing. That is so important. And you know the scripture that I just read? We would think, our brains would think absolutely the opposite. Mm-hmm. And say, In fact, this is how we think in our culture today, in this entitlement culture, that people who don't have, well, we've got to give more to them. Jesus is saying here, okay, those who have, I'm going to give more. Those who don't have, I'm going to take away. Now, why would he say such a thing? I believe because he knows that those who have, why do they have? Because they are seeking and they're not going to waste what they have. And it's the same when we come to God's word We can come to the Word of God. We can read it. I've heard people say, I read the Bible and I get nothing out of it. Well, why? Because they're not seeking Jesus in the Word. When we seek Him, when we listen with our heart. I mean, when I read the Word, I am looking. I'm waiting for God to speak to me out of every word, not just a whole verse. I am looking even at every word. Because every word he speaks is life to me. And I think because I come with this anticipation and God knows my heart, I get revelation. I mean, I, I just, I, I'm just amazed at how, you know, understanding comes and God gives more. We go over to Matthew 13, 13, 12. And it's similar, but we're going to read this one too. All right. For whosoever hath, to him shall be given, and he shall have more abundance. But whosoever hath not, from him shall be taken away, even that he hath. So, um, we've... In regard, if we put this into the context of learning, we, as we learn with listening ears, um, we will get more. We will learn more. Mm. If if we just, you know, okay, just learn because we have to learn and we're not really taking it in. Well, we don't really get much, do we? Like, um, I, I think this is a good idea. When we come to our table, especially in the evening when there's a little more time um, than in the other meals of the day, uh, I love to bring uh, subjects for discussion to the table. We did this as our children were growing up, and it was a most exciting time. And uh, I would bring a subject. What do you think about this, children? And everybody would get going and, and sharing what they thought about it. And so there was real interaction. Uh, I believe the table is a place, not just to eat some food, but to feed uh, our bodies, 
to feed our souls mm. with, with interaction and heart-to-heart conversation. And then, of course, the most important part of the meal of all, to feed our spirits and, and fill them with the Word of God. We, we dare not let our children ever leave the table without feeding their inner man. How can we feed their outer man and forget the inner man that's even more important? But I also find it's important to have this this discussion time because if I don't, when I come to the table and I don't bring anything specific to talk about, well, nobody talks about anything. It's just a bit of, you know, shallow conversation and it's not really very worthwhile. But often you can bring a question and a question I quite often love to ask, I used to do this, and I still often do it uh, with folks around our table. Now, what uh, was the most, well, what was something that you learned today? Now, that's a good question for homeschooling mums. Okay, children, can you tell me just one, just even one little thing you learned today, and each one has to have a turn around the table, and mummy and daddy, because we should be learning something new every day too, and that's a challenge. I, I think, oh my, am I learning something new today? That's a challenge for me every day. And uh, now, if our children are silent, help. What kind of schooling are we doing? Maybe we're too eager to get them through all their lessons. They've crammed so much into their brain they haven't remembered a thing. Sometimes it's better to just do it a little, as the Bible says, little by little, here a little, there a little, line upon line, precept upon precept. And it's better to learn a little less, but remember it. And also when you articulate what you learn that's when you keep it isn't yes, that true absolutely. you keep it yes that is so true and as we're sitting around and like like you said mom and dad get their turn too that's setting the example oh, for yes. your children you're setting the example of your excitement to learn yes. and that you're a lifelong learner yes. um, and you let your children see you trying to figure out new things or mm-hmm. that you're digging in deeper and that you have questions too. And um, sometimes you need just to figure it out together and just setting that example before your children is mm-hmm. so huge because like we said last week, children will mimic you. They will follow your example, um, whether it's good or bad. So mm-hmm. let's, let's make great things for them to mim- uh, mimic and to copy and um, you know, what What a great thing to love to learn and love to explore new things. Mm. Oh, yes. And, you know, all our children learn so differently, don't they? And I guess you notice a difference, as I did raising our children, between the boys and the girls. Often girls are happy to sit at their desk and work on their books for hours and hours. I was like that as a child. I could f- sit for hours with my books. I was just a book person. I, I just love books. I love study. And then when my first child came along, he was a son. And goodness, I, I, he didn't have a love for books. I mean, he loved to listen to me read. We, I just read to my children for hours. We used to read serial stories uh, in the evenings and, uh, you know, we'd read a few chapters each night, but they got longer and longer. Don't stop, don't yeah. stop, mum. So we keep going till I'm going to sleep just about reading. 
And um, so we read books and books and books together, and they loved that. But, you know, he wasn't one of these, um, you know, sitting at, at a desk, hours studying. No, he wanted to get out and do things and, and uh, make things. And, you know, he learned more like that. And, and uh, not that he was any less intelligent than me, far more. I mean, his intelligence was so far greater, but l learning in a different way. Yes, I remember when my daughter Callie and my son Carter were younger, they're grown now, um, you talking about different learning. Um, my daughter Callie, she very rarely got um, punished because she was the, my compliant child that loved to listen. But if she ever did, um, she usually got jumping jacks. Um, for my son Carter, he was like, why does she get to do jumping jacks? So he did jumping jacks. If I was teaching him how to spell, he would do a jumping jack for each letter. So that's just so funny to hear the difference in learning. And now Carter is almost 20 and he is... Um, he grew to be my lover of um, books and he was always, you know, he loved just to sit down and um, he's very book smart. Um, and my younger son, Niles, he was watching his brother just um, when he was an older you know, probably about 16, 17, just really, you know, in the books and learning all about the financial world and accounting things he loves in, in that realm. My son, Elijah, I mean, I'm sorry, my son, Niles, you could almost see the weight on his shoulders. And he was like, oh, that's what I get to look forward to. And so one day he came in from getting the mail and he's just entrenched. You know, he's just like watching this, looking at something. I'm like, what is that, Niles? He's like, mom, look at this. What is this? And he shows me and it was for a trade school for welding. So I'm trying to explain what I'm, what it is. And he's like, I'm like, people can, you know, learn from other people how to, how to weld. And this, this happens to be a trade school that you can go to learn how to weld. And he goes, he looks at me, he goes, you mean people go to college to learn how to weld? And I'm like, well, sort of, you can do trade school. Or you can just learn from somebody that's really good at welding. And he, he's like, that was it. He puts it down on the table and he goes, that's it. And it was like the weight was lifted off his shoulder and his head came up and he was just skipped off. He was so excited that he didn't necessarily have to have his nose in the books like his brother Carter, that he could actually be hands because he's a hands-on learner and he wants to be out there and exploring and building stuff. And that's that's still to this day, he's, he's going to be 15 in just a couple of weeks and he's still that way. Like hands, um, hands on learning and him and his twin brother actually inherited a um, four wheeler recently from my sister, a free four wheeler. What's better than that? Uh, there's no such thing as a free four wheeler, <laughs> but they knew it going in it needed work. So they have been, you know, with a little bit of direction, because I want to make sure they're using this opportunity to learn from, um, they have learned so much about mechanics and not only that, you know, they fix one problem, they have the next, they have to figure out the next problem, but they've also had to work um, to be able to earn money for all these parts and for repairs. <laughs> so it's been great. And they've been coming to their dad and asking questions when they get stuck and other people around here that maybe know some more information um, about mechanics than they do. So they are just learning so much by fixing up this four-wheeler and it's been fantastic. Oh, yes, yes. And now, of course, um, you are beginning the 
building of your house up on the hilltop and uh, the boys are going to be all part of that. In fact, they've already been doing things, haven't they? Oh, absolutely. Just two weeks ago, they learned how to operate heavy equipment. They had a bulldozer up there and a skit steer um, and they were operating heavy equipment and I went up there was taking some pictures of them and sending them to some friends and family and it was just amazing to see you know when you um, able to put your hands hands to the plow you know literally (laughs) the learning that takes place and the lessons and um, you know even when I watched my son back over a tree that I wanted to keep it was okay it's all right It'll, we can grow another tree there's lots of trees up there actually <laughs> um you know I knew it, it was okay he's he's gaining so much knowledge and just so so many skills that we'll be able to use for life oh yes it's just so wonderful um we we do have to just always be aware of how each child will learn and of course it's easier often for boys growing out where they're on the land and there is so much for them to get their hands on and learn i look at some of our grandchildren who've been driving cars and heavy equipment from mm-hmm. the time they were little and uh, you know because it's just all around and they just they just grow up doing it as though it's just a natural normal thing like just you know walking down to the gate and um you know they what they can't do i mean oh goodness me it's just amazing um they can do everything to do with building and uh, but what about you know if you're in the city and uh you know you've got boys and they're getting into their teens and oh wow they've got all that testosterone and wow you've got to find an outlet for it Mm -hmm. but God has promised in Deuteronomy 28 that as we seek him and obey his ways that he will bless us in the city and he will bless us in the country Mm -hmm. and so I believe that as you you know ask the Lord and and wait on him that he will show you avenues for your boys even in the city um you can be aware of their gifts and uh, you know find people who uh, maybe in that line of work or whatever and, and they can uh, learn from them or they can get a little job extra job in that way and and uh, you know god will open those doors absolutely we lived in a suburb for a while um longer than we wanted to but you know god you know opened doors for my boys and my daughter my daughter baked bread for a season and was selling bread out of her home and actually um, another homeschool mom asked if she would teach, you know, she could pay her to teach her daughters to do bake bread. So it was amazing. So opportunities. But my son Carter, who's very, he's the one that's very book smart. Um, when he was about 14, 15 years old, we found a gentleman, a Christian homeschool dad that owned a large apartment complex and he needed help. So he hired my son um, to come help with maintenance, um, and lawn care. So my son got hands-on experience on how to drywall, how to do some plumbing, electrical, and then just the dirty work of tearing out carpet and measuring, measuring for a new carpet and learned so many skills. And even though it wasn't his favorite thing to do, um, one, he got paid. So he, he liked that. (laughs) And two, he, um, gained so many skills and he's going to be 20 and he looks back now and he was like, you know, I didn't love that every, you know, every time I went, but I'm so thankful 
that I have that, that opportunity and that experience. And I know I'll save a lot of money in the future, <laughs> not having to play, pay a plumber necessarily or electrician. So that's amazing. And then my younger boys, when they're about 11 or 12 on their own, took the initiative and started a lawn care business, take care lawn care, and just got a few yards in our neighborhood and started mowing. And that turned into odd jobs that different neighbors needed done. Um, anything from helping move furniture to pulling weeds, um, he even had an elderly gentleman in our neighborhood that we just developed a great friendship with and were able to pray with him and minister to him. Um, and it was just amazing. He would have him come down and do simple things like pick up sticks and he just liked the company more than anything. And then during the winter they would shovel snow and, um, all those kinds of things. So there are opportunities anywhere you live for boys and girls. And, you know, and if you can teach your children, um, you know, there's opportunities that they can learn from that maybe not their favorites, but, you know, at home, if you can even teach your children to their interests, things that they're interested in yeah. and make learning fun, you can't make everything fun. Sometimes they just have to do math and they just, you know, yeah. discipline, you know, discipline yourself. Yeah. Um, however, I have learned, you know, and they see my example, like even things that I used to not like, like folding socks, I used to not like to fold socks. Now I love to fold socks because I had the revelation the Lord gave me one day. It's like, if I didn't have all these children, I wouldn't have all these socks. And so now as I fold clothes, I always pray over my children as whose clothes I'm folding. Now they're starting to do their own laundry um, or they actually, I'm back to doing laundry because we're using a laundromat. <laughs> me and my six-year-old, that's, that's her job. She helps me. But when we're at home, they're all starting to do their own laundry. But um but it's, you know, everything is just how we set our minds to it and yeah. how we position our hearts. And our children are watching us and we want them to be able to position their hearts before the Lord and do everything they do unto the Lord and not unto man. So let's set that example. Yes, yes. And also, I think we, you know, teaching our children, we... Uh, we teach them too by not doing everything for them. As our children are getting older and they want things, um, I don't think we should just go out and just, okay, you can have it. Um, uh, we, as our children were growing up, we actually didn't have the money to give them what they needed anyway. And uh, our boys, as they were growing, they wanted to get into, you know, because um, they got into um, motor um, go-karts and then as they got older into motocross and then, of course, they wanted their cars. Well, we never bought cars for them. They had to save up and buy them themselves. And, and I can remember our sons, you know, uh, just going out early in the morning with paper runs. And, and I can remember my eldest son going to the dump and uh, finding stuff there. And then he'd go around the neighborhood selling it to make money. And, uh, you know, we didn't just give them what they wanted. They had to go out and find a way to earn the money to get the things they wanted or to do the things they wanted. And, I mean, in doing that, they learn you, you're that you uh, don't live this entitlement life. You don't expect, oh, I just get this and it shall come to me. No, I've got to work for it. I've got to earn it. And that's something we have to learn. That That's part of life. And uh, my eldest son, he's, um, you know, he's a multimillionaire today. And, uh, but he got there 
not by anyone giving him one cent, <laughs> but by just going out there and getting it. And uh, so, you know, we have to watch. I, I think, you know, we've lived in such an affluent age and in such an affluent society. Children have grown up just ex receiving and accepting and expecting so much, whereas they need to learn how you've got to work for things and go out and get them if you want them, you know. Anyway, why does our time always go? Um, we'll look forward to next week, ladies, for the next L. We'll keep it a secret till next week. You've got to come in and uh, check it out and do tell other mothers about these podcasts, ladies. Um, we do them just to encourage you and inspire you and bless you. And every single mother needs this encouragement. So share the link um, with all your friends on Facebook or any social media you have. Or, or tell other mothers when you're talking to them to tune in and listen. Well, let's pray. Dear Father, we thank you that you put within us a desire to learn and seek after knowledge. And uh, we pray you'll give us that anointing to cultivate that in our own lives and in the lives of all our children. And, uh, Lord, above everything else, to, oh God, just to teach our precious children, Lord God, um, to learn of you, to know you, to teach them who you are. We pray that every child of every family listening today will have an encounter with you. Lord, that they'll encounter you, that they'll come to know you personally as their Savior, as their Lord, as the God who is real and who is near and who wants to come and fill their lives. We ask this in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. In